1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 26th edition of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk some rookies was the plan, but we also have some news. We had a, a trade, which is the NBA, man. Just a microcosm, just news when you don't expect it. Uh, so with <laughs> me to break that down is Ryan Canas. What's up, man?
2: Not much, Mike, and the the trade obviously doesn't involve Kyrie Irving, but that's yes. another fascinating, strange subplot to this summer. Where I mean, the NBA is always throwing something at you.
1: Yeah, we will talk about Kyrie briefly because it's such a, a hot button issue. Um, but let's talk about and what's what's up? Has how's your summer going? Anything cool going on?
2: Going well. Just a lot of family visiting. My parents are yeah. here. My
1: brother. My brother's going to stop by as he goes up the coast on his honeymoon.
2: And just you know, Maine. I live in Maine, and in the summer you really got to got to take advantage of the three months of nice weather that we get. So yeah, I'm trying f- to get, get get out on the water and do some sailing and stuff. It's
1: been great. Yeah, I'll be going to New York next month for a little bit. See some friends and stuff. But yeah, I've been nice. I actually, saw a movie in the theater for the first time. I want to say in like two and a half, three years. So, what what,
2: what lured you into the air conditioning? <laughs> uh,
1: I saw I saw Dunkirk, man. Oh, nice! It was really cool. I, I think uh, okay, I, cool. I think you guys should. I won't say it's just real unique and really intense. I just thought it was really well done. Seems uh, like it, a movie that that should be seen on a giant yeah, screen. For too. sure, for sure. Yeah, you yeah. a lot of gunshots and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, my, my take my dog to the dog park now. Brody is hilarious. He's like the most submissive, lovable dog. He, He's funny. Uh, to post some videos or something. Okay, so enough about that. Uh, okay, let's talk about Crab. So Crab goes from pretty not great position. He was playing you know, 28, 29 minutes a game last year uh, as a semi-backup slash starter, depending when they needed him, depending on the matchup. We saw how Terry Stotts, annoyingly, will mix up his lineups, especially if someone's hurt in his usual rotation. But Crab was in a bad spot. He, his defensive metrics are really bad because the Blazers had a bad defense, bad rebounding, all that stuff. Now he's going to be in another bad defense. But he's <laughs> offensively, it's perfect for him. The Nets were number one in spot-up possessions last year. They were number one in pace. Um, there's going to be a lot of space, a lot of transition scoring. He's in a great spot. So I think Crab's draftable, man. I don't know if... That's bullish, Um, but Crab even hits value too, even in that light usage role. He won't get a big usage bump because of Dar and Lynn and those guys, but Crab in a new role and and in the perfect spot for him. So I mean, you got to consider that. You got to consider him as a guy who's you know decent fantasy floor kind of guy.
2: I quite like it. And uh I mean you mentioned the the number one pace. I didn't realize that the Nets were also number one in spot up shooting, which as you well, said. Well not please,
1: possessions, not makes. They didn't do that well as far as okay, making those but just totally so
2: crab Crab should project well in a system like yeah. that. And and one thing that should be noted, he's only missed um a total of four games over the past two seasons. So that durability plays huge. Um, you know, especially in a a league if you're just looking for a guy who's not going to get hurt if you draft potentially an injury prone star in one of the earlier rounds and you just want to have a little bit of a safer pick towards the end um yeah he's right in that top 100 120 range so i think he's he's perfectly draftable especially as a late three-point specialist not going to hurt you in percentages or turnovers give you you know sort of chip in across the board um so i I like the move It, it obviously buoys his his fantasy value yeah um yeah so i would i would Target him right around, what do you think, in the 100, 120 range? That's yeah, where I to look you won't
1: need to reach for him. I mean, it's Alan yeah, no. uh, And You brought, I mean, You reminded me of something when you talked about the injury. He had a really bad injury at Summer League, what, three years ago? In his second yeah. Summer League. And before that injury, he was going off. Um, we didn't really see him go off. He was pretty much just catching it and shoot it. We would never really see him do more than a transition scoring. He had a, he had a nice little one dribble drive. So I, I'm... And people, a lot of people are taking shots at, at the Nets for doing this. Why? Like they're not going for it. They have the cap space. They don't have to worry about luxury tax or anything. Take a shot. Put a new guy in a new role. You know, you're going to pay him last year. You're going to get him for that, nothing.
2: That's exactly it. They literally the deal that they got him on is the one they offered him last yeah. year. So cl- clearly, they they thought that he was worth that much. Yeah, and and, and we we've, we've yet to see him put into a more featured role. Obviously, last year the Blazers. Brought in Turner as well and that, that complicated things and Crab was just kinda of stuck in that sixth, seventh man role. So yeah. we you know, it'd be interesting to see what he does as a more yeah. featured player.
1: And then also one thing that I thought was interesting was they so the Nets had to wait a year to trade for Crab and then it happened and then they traded for it trading for him. So that makes you yeah. think, like, how long was this in the works for? It feels like that this was kinda of like July first. They're like, Okay, you could have crab. Right. Um, so and then, although that keeps the Blazers kind of in a holding pattern because they can't really sign anyone uh, with him there with the CBA. Right. Yeah, their yeah, their finances were getting real tight. So the Nets oh. went from having okay. do You want
2: to add something? Oh, just before we move to the to the Blazers, I wanted to ask: Do you do you feel like this affects Levert at yeah, all? Yeah, I, I was going to get the that. Nets view him as untouchable, but for this season and maybe even next year, this this kind of denses. I is, was uh,
1: just going to say, yeah, it's a a lot of lost value and one thing that comes to mind and I don't know if they still feel this way I know Woj had reported that the Nets were kind of committed to a Lynn Russell backcourt so adding Crab now who I think is a better shooting guard than a small forward did they ditch that and bump down Whitehead who they still liked and Dwitty and all that if that happens and they you know, cut Lynn to 26 and play D'Angelo probably 28-29 with a lot of shooting guard minutes then I think Karras is still okay but Obviously, he's probably the big loser here. We still have Demario Carroll, who I think is going to play a lot of four. I still think yeah. Rondé starts. and I don't, I'm starting to feel like Trevor Booker should play some five. Uh, very short for a five-man, but he can rebound pretty well. Uh, he had some decent rim protection plays. He's going to be really – the Nets are going to be terrible on defense. I think they were eighth in defensive rating last year. We know for fantasy we loved using them in DFS because they're so fast. So, um, yeah, it's it's. I would probably draft Crab before I draft LeVert. Um, and I still like Rondé.
2: Yeah, yeah. And as for Booker at the five, it depends how much the Nets lean. I feel like late in the season, they'll just, you know, turn a lot to Jared Allen and mm-hmm. see what he could do out there behind Moskov. I don't know if Moskov will even finish out the season as a starter. Who knows? Yeah. There's a lot, of, lot of question marks in that front court, especially.
1: Yeah, I don't think he, he may just get shut down, man. We'll see. Yeah, it's very, uh, very possible. I mean, why not? Hopefully hopefully well, as you said, it's not like they're going anywhere. So yeah, and he's so bad for that system. You're talking about a, a sluggish big man playing, in, and you know the Nets want to. They want to lead the league in pace again. You can just tell by the way they played summer league too. They were just yeah, and they out. they got to
2: hope. Speaking of that, Tamara Carroll. I mean, he, he in the past two years hasn't looked capable of playing at that pace as he recovered yeah. from that knee, knee surgery. So they're really going to need him to kind of. Find his second wind in his career and get back to that slashing, three-point shooting guy that he was with the Hawks.
1: Yeah, he and Kenny Atkinson had a little thing going in Atlanta before they both parted ways with their teams. Um, So what about Lynn? uh, We haven't really talked about Russell. I like Russell kind of a lot. Um, Probably like fourth, fifth this round. Maybe preferably fifth, depending on who I'm drafting with and who's there. Um, And then Lynn. I think Lynn's a value, man. We saw them play Brick Lopez healthy. If Lynn can avoid the hamstring injuries and stay healthy... He could be sneaky for the reasons we said—the pace—and even in 26 minutes, he should be pretty decent.
2: Yeah, I think Lin will sneak up on people, but I'm not—he's not anyone I'm targeting right, necessarily. Right. Um, like he's, gonna he's gonna sure, going
1: to be going after way after Jamal Murray for me, and like it's like, oh, I need a point guard. Yeah. Lin's there, Bam will take him. That yeah, he he may fall low enough that. Right, situationally, if I need
2: a point guard, I'll grab him. But getting back to D'Angelo, I yeah, yeah I don't think he could have landed in a better spot than a yeah. team with the fastest pace that's completely just turning to the youth movement and has every incentive to turn him loose and see what he does. And I mean, the percentages are probably going to hurt you again. He shot forty-one percent as a as a rookie, uh, forty-point-five percent last year. So you got to. Got to watch for that, but I think the counting stats are going to be there. His assists should bump up. I mean, he never played more than twenty-eight point seven minutes, so hopefully we see him in the in the low thirties. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'm comfortable taking him in the fifth round.
1: Yeah, um, like we said, there's um, he's not going to have many assists, so he'll he'll be point guard eligible, but he probably good for what three and a half. I think he's good for two and a half threes, though. Like he's going to be bombing threes.
2: You think only three and a half assists next year?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to have many dimes. Maybe, okay, I was a little four. higher on him than that. Okay, but I still like him. I think he's going to be good for 1.3 steals, two and a half threes. You know, maybe three, four boards. Maybe he can get. He could probably maybe get four, four and a half dimes. But he's definitely not going to blow you away on assists. Yeah. No. Okay. So moving to the Blazers side of things, uh, again Crab not a very highly used guy. Um, what was it? 20, so 20 and a half minutes. Um, He took not many shots. Let me see what his usage rate was again. Uh, It's going to be upper teens, I think, if I recall. One second. Oh, not even. 14.9 usage rate. So not a lot of shots to go around. So not huge bumps for guys. Do you see anyone that kind of benefits the most here?
2: Uh, Yeah, I don't think any huge winners. Evan Turner, obviously, is going to come out of this with more more playing time. Um, But... No huge, you know, seismic shifts for fantasy purposes.
1: Yeah, I think that what I don't know if the I mean the primary motivation was getting Crab off the books, obviously. But is Jake Layman maybe going to get in there? He's been he had kind of a down summer league. He can score. We've seen him be a high usage guy, uh, especially in garbage time. So maybe he gets in there. I think Mo Harkless can possibly get a little bit of run, but. Um,
2: yeah, Harkless. And uh, one interesting thing about the Blazers rosters they have so many interchangeable forwards yeah. who, you know, they've, they've got Aminu who can play the three and the four. Harkless can play the four if they need him to. Turner can play the two and the three. So I think just by getting Crab out of there, it gives them a lot more flexibility to shift those guys around. And sure, if they want to, you know, fit a guy like Lehman into the rotation or if Pat Connaughton starts to do anything they can fit him in. Yeah, um, so. <laughs> by By shifting a guy like Aminu down to the three, potentially, for some minutes, they could get some minutes for Swannigan as a rookie. There's there's just a lot of moving parts, and I think getting Crab out of there just opens up that those 25, 28 minutes a game. Yeah, we'll so. see. I
1: don't even know if Content's going to make the team, but I think the move... He will may be, not. He may yeah, not. playing Turner is more of a two, uh, and then Harkless benefits as well. And we'll see. I think, I think Aminu was like... 95, 99% power forward minutes last and year. And best at yeah. power forward, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. That's, yeah. that's the position he should be at. But. Right, right. So we'll see if that changes. And then they also have Kim uh, Swanigan, who killed it in summer league. Zach Collins got hurt, but he projects out as a five. Swanigan's more of a five for me, too. Really, really great rebounder. Um, but the Damon CJ, does, this doesn't affect them at all, right? Can't imagine. Yeah, me neither. Uh, okay, so let's talk some rookies. Uh, I've been talking to Dennis Smith Jr. mostly by myself, uh, and I love this guy, man. Um, so what, what, what do you, uh, I'll shut up, and what are your, what's your take on Dennis Smith Jr., and where do you have him fitting in for um, for season-long, for redraft?
2: Do you feel like you're on an island with, with Smith Jr.? I thought no. most people saw what you saw at Summer League. I mean, no, he was, I don't think he was so. amazing.
1: I don't think so, but to have the number nine pick, be your number one fantasy player, it's just
2: unconventional, I guess. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd peg him as number one or two yeah. fantasy this year among among the rookie class. Um, Rick Carlisle is usually pretty cagey when it comes to rookies. So the fact that he's been heaping praise on Smith Jr. he called him a potential franchise cornerstone. Um, so that bodes extremely well. He did say that they're going to, you know, have to take it slow and ease him into things and can't anoint him overnight. Um, and they, they have guys like uh, Yogi Farrell and JJ Barea, Depends what they do with uh, Devin Harris's partially guaranteed deal, but he might also be there. So I think they're going to be able to ease Smith Junior into things. Um, and if you have patience, I think it's going to pay out beautifully because I don't I I see the Mavs falling out of the playoff race and probably turning him loose a little bit after the break. Uh, but even you know without that, I just you you look at their backcourt the guys I just mentioned. Why not play Smith Junior? considerable minutes i think he's going to give you points assists three pointers and steals mm. um you know you're gonna to have to watch out for turnovers and hopefully his percentages will be will be tolerable but yeah all the pieces are there and as i said i th- I think his minutes should be healthy enough to hopefully give him in, you know in, inside top 100 value maybe even top 80
1: yeah i mean if we always talk about the next Damian Loward for fantasy guys that you didn't just like okay here you go here's Here's your role. You're the man. Do your thing. It's pretty close uh, for, and they have a similar skill set. Obviously, Dame's a better shooter, but they're both kind of slashy. They're not. They're not gonna light, like. Dame doesn't light it up dime wise. I don't. I don't think DSJ will either. He'll probably be like five and a half, maybe. Yeah. Um. But I love his steals. This guy loves to take chances in passing lanes, so I think he's gonna be really good. He loves to get into the paint, so that'll Billy the the. Uh, percentages a little bit and he's a great finisher too i think 66 percent in college at the rim as a freshman yeah. is pretty good
2: so those are things i love the, the ability to finish at the rim he shot 36 percent from deep with nc state last year and, and he's, got those that, are almost he's got that all mid-range game
1: yeah and they were almost all unassisted like tough shots yeah so yeah he's he should project pretty well um uh, and i'll add jonas is is against me he he had dsj i think at two he had fault at one so I'll, I'll start with you who's um, so if you're flip
2: flopping, who's your one A, one B? I was going Lonzo Ball there. Yeah. And was... I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing the summer league scoring. Let me be clear on that. He scored yeah. what, 30, 36 points, <laughs> and that's yeah. part of one of his triple doubles. Not buying it at all. Um, but that's fine. I think you you throw in the supporting stats. He's going to give you assists, rebounds, steals. Um, shot about 41 percent, I think, from deep last year. Um, which is
1: not so, going to happen in the pro it's not going to
2: happen in the NBA. no no and he's got that <laughs> weird hitch in his shot and it, it yeah, yeah there's some things that'll have to get ironed out but but i think his ability like he's proven that he can pick his spots and with ucla last year he made 73.2 percent of his two-point attempts which is crazy yeah. uh like if, if i told you that a guy shot 73 percent on two-pointers and 67 percent at the free throw line you'd probably think i was talking about a center yeah but I'm not. That's Lonzo Ball, and uh, so I, I think that bodes well for his decision making. That he knows his limitations. He plays within himself, and obviously his size and court vision. He's going to be racking up assists. He's got a knack for finding boards. Um, so I, yeah, I just rather like him, and I think obviously the minutes are going to be there. And um, yeah, so but you you would take Smith Jr. over Ball, but is Ball your number two there? Yeah.
1: For I I cre- they actually have a little bit of separation for me from them and faults um, for the reasons you said so I won't repeat that but well and I love what Luke Walton said on Zach Lowe's podcast he just talked about how it's basically his show and you know the same thing with Dennis Smith Jr. you want to hear that you want to hear okay it's your team and they said that they thought about how how he played with those long passes and just creating a different style of offense they want to just kind of change the game in the way that. Transitions being run, and they want to run transition as much as possible, so the Lakers could go from sixth in pace—I think they were sixth—to top three. I mean, maybe even top two, maybe even number one. Um, I mean, they're going to push the ball so much, and that means more steals, that means more easy buckets, more you know, better free throws, all all these stuff. I love transition points, and even Luke Luke Walton does too. And if you can't hit threes all day, you want to just—and the Nets know that. The worse your team is talent-wise, the more you want to run. Just the way it goes. So especially when your defense is going to be great like the Lakers are going to be. So, yeah, it's yeah. he's going to be – I mean, he may get nine assists in a rookie season. That's just – that's crazy. He may get ten, man. I mean, he's just going to have so many assists. Uh, I think if we're talking about, like, straight DFS prices, I think um, Lonzo is going to be a more DFS-friendly kind of a guy. Um, yeah. His minutes should be higher. His assists are going to be way higher. Um, I think DHL will score more, but I think Lonzo will have better rebounds and I've said this before. I feel like Lonzo and Lavar, they all know that triple doubles are so trendy that they're like, all right, go get triple doubles like that's like mm-hmm. the that's like the mission for them. Right, build your brand with this, yeah. you know,
2: eye-catching stats for yeah. sure. Triple
1: double, and,
2: and awesome. usually I wouldn't agree because usually with, with DFS scoring is, is so important. Yeah. Like points as a category account for more than fifty percent of total scoring on FanDuel. So you, usually you want guys who just score a lot. But I'm I'm with you there. I think I think Lonzo's supporting stats are going to be robust enough that it'll make up any difference, and he'll be more consistent night to night. Where on an off shooting night, Dennis Smith Jr. You know, might hurt you if he only gets twelve points and doesn't have much to to back it up. But I think Lonzo will always kind of be in the um, a healthier sort of supporting stats.
1: Lonzo's turnovers are going to be crazy high, by the way. <laughs> Look forward uh, to that. Yeah, too. and also uh, Walton said he doesn't quote give a damn about the risk of the long passes because, as everyone knows, the longer the pass, the more defenders you got to get the ball through or over, so more likely for a turnover. Uh, okay, so it sounds like you and I have Markel Fultz at number three. And I wrote about this yesterday, so check it out. And it's talking a lot about the process and the timeline. And bad teams is being on a bad team as a rookie is such a huge advantage. And the Sixers are going to be pretty good, so they're not going to unleash Fultz. I don't think they may. I mean, you're going to need to see if Embiid gets hurt and Simmons gets hurt. Then yeah, if you want to bet, if you want to bet against, if you're going to bet against Embiid, then you could put Fultz at number two or number one. I'm not going to bet against him, this is This, this is just not the I roll. So, I mean, he's going to be good. He's going to be probably lead, lead rookie guards in blocks. He's going to probably be top five in steals. He's probably going to be top five in threes. But after that, I've got concerns. Um, you know, he wasn't the best free throw shooter. He's going to have down percentages from the field because he's going to shoot so many threes. Uh, and the assists aren't going to be there. It's really Ben Simmons' offense. So, um, more mm-hmm. concerns for me. As great as he is, I think in Dynasty, I still think he's the best guy because... In Dynasty, you want to take into account risk, and you you just want to take the best player. I think Fultz is a spectacular talent, but I just don't like his situation this year.
2: Uh, Yeah, you you hit on most of the points I was going to touch on. Uh, Absolutely. And to emphasize to people listening, we're talking redraft. So this is clearly, it's just situational this year. And I'm with you. I think Fultz, you know, coming out of Washington, he had a usage rate north of 30%. Mm -hmm. 30% 30% of his offense came through pick and roll ball handling so with Philly talking up Ben Simmons as a point forward and with Joel Embiid when he was on the court last year like pushing 40% usage sometimes it was nuts so you're going to see all those numbers come down from what Fultz had in, uh, in Washington and how's he going to adjust to more time off ball how's he going to adjust to decreased usage? Um, I'm with you. I think the you know free throw percentage was below 65% last year. Turnovers to assists are not great, um, so there's just not a ton of immediate upside here for me.
1: Yeah, two things I'll add. Um, in January, when B was really rolling, only Russell Westbrook and DeMarcus Cousins had higher usage rates in January. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, and, and then also too, JJ Redick, I think, hurts Fultz a little bit. Because if Ben Simmons is driving and the defense collapses and you see Markel Fultz and J.J. Redick on the wing, who, who are you passing it to?
2: <laughs> Staskis.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, J.J. Redick's one of the best. Give him, give him the ball open, he'll knock it down. So like, yeah. I think that, that and they want Fultz to do that. So uh, Okay, so I'll let you kick off. Okay, so let's call, quickly on Dynasty. So I, I still think, like we said, tr- talent trumps usually, so I would still go Fultz. And, I mean, the ACL thing, as much as it doesn't concern me with Smith Jr., it's still there, so I think that hurts him a little bit. And, again, he was the number nine pick. A lot of teams passed on him, so I'm not one to say I know more about NBA scouts, uh, more than NBA scouts. So I would still probably go that in a, in that order, uh, Fult, Ball, and then DSJ if I'm picking in a Dino.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Huh? So, you, But you would take DSJ over... Fox and over.
1: Yeah, I would. I'm pretty sold, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, where do you who do you have for number four for redraft? Uh, number four redraft. It starts to get a little sticky. Yeah, massive um, gap right here.
2: See, so, so if I'm in a points league, I might actually jump up and take Ben Simmons here.
1: Oh, okay. I was talking about just the rookies, but you you have okay. I wasn't even including Ben Simmons. I would take Ben Simmons over some. Okay, of those guys. yeah, it's a technicality, but he's okay. a rookie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just taking like the 2017 draft class.
2: Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, we could.
1: Well, yeah, I didn't factor him in for mine.
2: Okay, I was throwing Ben Simmons in the mix. Okay, um, cool. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much it. Would you I'm, take,
2: just since I threw him out there, would you would take, take him Ben over Fultz.
1: Fultz? I would take
2: Ben over Fultz. You would? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I was kind of like hit or miss on that, I thought. Yeah. One way or the other. But Simmons, and we've talked about him a lot on the podcast. Yeah, before, exactly. So that's kind of why been, I said <laughs> Basically, worried, you know, concerns about percentages and turnovers, but the counting stats will be there.
1: Yeah,
2: so, good. Uh, moving on. Uh, I guess next. I'd probably, it'd be so much easier if George Hill wasn't in Sacramento, but I think I'll
1: still go with uh, Fox here. Yeah, and I don't have, I have him one spot down. Um, Hill is there, but Hill doesn't concern me much. Um, George Hill, we've seen him be very non-ball dominant. Two years with Paul George, he was 28th in time possession with the basketball per game. Um, 15th last year, I think, with a, a Utah mm-hmm. team that didn't have a lot of ball handlers besides Hayward. So, I mean, he's not going to hurt him too much. What does concern me is Fox can't shoot. Um, terrible from three. I think he was, what, 20? He couldn't even crack 30. Under, under 25, yeah. Yeah, he only shot, I think, 30 36% on two-point jumpers. It didn't impress me much. He's going to work on it. He's a really smart kid. He's probably one of the best... Uh, most charismatic interviews uh, since Cat. Uh, those guys just—they just tell it how they don't give you the "oh, we played hard." Oh yeah, we got to we got to go out there and win the game. Like, they tell you what's up. And I love that. But um, yeah, he's going to be great for steals. But I don't really see much else. He's not going to—he's going to be okay for dimes. He's—I in my column I call him like a a mini Elfrid Payton kind of a thing. You know, he's not going to light it up percentages. Not going to mm. do anything from three. But steals. He may get a block or two, or a block maybe point six, point seven blocks a game, but yeah, he's not really going to wow you with offense either. So it kind of hurts. Kind of, I have one guy ahead of him.
2: Yeah. So are you seeing uh, George Hill starting at the
0: two?
1: Um. No, I think he's still going to start, but they're going to mix it up. You know, they'll probably bring them. They're they're going to play together a lot. I think they can play healed. We'll see what happens. Justin Jackson's a kind of a wild card because uh, he had a great Vegas. So if he's going to be good, then they would be less likely to play Buddy Hill to yeah, the three. Yeah, that's the three. Yeah. So but Buddy Hill could definitely play at the three, as, as much as he doesn't really project there, but you play your best five. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is in the mix too, so he can play slide over to some three. So they've got a lot of combination. They're kinda of similar to the Nets, right? They've got like two point cards they can mix up. They got a couple wings. A little bit thinner at the three, but Yeah I think Fox will get his minutes one way. And the Kings are gonna be bad so yeah again yeah key. i saw a couple people tweet that the kings are gonna make the playoffs like what there's no way <laughs> wow yeah. little zebo fans out there yeah, huh apparently. no that's that's not gonna happen yeah there's no way if they even finished in the top 11 i'd be pretty surprised um okay so i have josh jackson at four uh for reasons that we've been kind of talking about the Suns are going to shut people down, man. The, we saw it last year, and we saw Marquise Chris. He was the number one rookie player for March and April um, for, for, for value in 9 cap. We saw Tyler Eulis, second-round pick at value. and Marquise Chris was the eighth pick in the draft. J- Josh Jackson was arguably the top pick in the draft, if not for some off-court stuff, but super talented, can score, can defend, going to be in a great system. Um, yeah, I mean, Bledsoe has a pretty good chance to get traded. There's the Kyrie thing, I guess we'll talk about that in a second. Maybe halftime when we do top five. Um but yeah, I, I love his situation. Um, I don't think he's as 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 talented as Jason Tatum or some of these other guys, but his mm-hmm. I just love that the Suns are gonna play their young players. When you say the number one priority on your team is player development, you play the guys they want to develop. So yeah, I, I love his I love his and he's a solid score too. Like he's not it's not like he's bad. No, and one
2: thing I like about him, he can, you know, he'll get some defensive stats. We Mm -hmm. saw during summer that he gets some some amazing blocks and Mm -hmm. so forth. Uh, But he'll, you know, he'll has the potential to get you a steal and a block per game, and he shot almost thirty eight percent from deep uh, with Kansas last year. So. Mm That's big because he he did shoot three of sixteen from downtown during summer league, so that was wasn't great. But I you know I'll take a a full season in college over a short three game or whatever sample size. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be able to knock down some threes. The defensive stats are there, and you mentioned again a huge theme: the Suns are going to be bad. They're going to turn their young guys loose. Uh, there is a little bit more competition that I'd like to see. Um, you know, you got guys like T.J. Warren mm-hmm. and. Uh, you got Bender still there. Uh, you mentioned Marquis Chris. Jared Dudley's still on the roster. We'll see what they do with him.
1: Um, well one thing we should we should mention was the other big news from yesterday. And that's Brandon Knight tours ACL playing basketball in Florida. Yeah, that's that's so rough. That they've played they they said they want to play Josh Jackson at five positions, which is a lie. They're not gonna play him at point. Yeah. But um I mean, he's got size to play at the five. He's going to play some shooting guard, I think. And I think so is T.J. Warren. We saw T.J. Warren play a lot of two last year. Not a lot, but enough where it mattered. Um, so, yeah. And then one other thing on Warren, who, what, he shot like 41% from three two years ago. That was the flukiest thing of all time. And he was down to 26.5, and he still shot it one and a half times a game, despite how he couldn't make it. So, he's going to get, like, Jackson's going to get a chance to shoot the three. Um, and he could finish pretty well. So he'll still probably be mid-40s. I don't think he's going to hurt you field goal percentage-wise. But yeah, a nice, well-rounded kind of a player. Um, yeah.
2: So and yeah. one one note that I, I wanted to mention at the top and kind of forgot about is that I'm never usually a big cheerleader for rookies. Mm-hmm. But I, I should say, especially on draft day, but as the season progresses, and this is why we, were, we keep talking about teams that are going to be bad, as the losses start to pile up and they start to think about next season and developing talent yeah. and who plays well with whom – That's when you see these guys really get unleashed. So if you look at at rookie rankings, you know, in terms of an entire season, it's usually not that impressive. But if you take their splits after the All-Star break, rookies start to look a lot better. So that's just something to keep in mind. You know, if someone drafts Josh Jackson and he's not doing well out of the gates and he ends up on the waiver wire, keep an eye on him. Like even if he's not doing great, you know, in in December – by by March, he could be absolutely you know a game changer.
1: So right, and that's the other thing. I mentioned this in my column yesterday. When you draft a rookie, you, you know you got to be patient. And there's times, and it's been more true earlier, but not, like when you draft that guy, you're so tied to him because of the reason you said. Like, oh, it'll be good in a couple months, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and you can miss out on a lot of great pickups early in the season. Yeah. So, like, part of me. Thinks that I don't want to draft a rookie because I know that I'm gonna to want to, and I know that, you know, people who like me and you who are watching basketball all the time, and we know we're gonna be hawks on the waiver wire. That like if we have an opportunity to add a guy, and sometimes I like that. Yeah. So I draft risk all. I, ra- I draft all risky guys late because I don't want to be tied to them um, when the pickups start coming around. If they come out right. great. If not, peace. I'll find what there's good twenty pick pickups. But they're going to have value in like top 100, you know, probably top, top, probably like 10 guys will be top 100 guys that we didn't really see coming.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, um, okay. So, uh, I have Fox fifth and then it gets kind of real crazy. I think just because he's good, I think I'd probably put Jason Tatum at six. Um, I don't really love it. I'm not going to, I wouldn't draft him in standard leagues. He's probably, those are probably the only, I don't, I don't even think I'd draft Fox in the standard league. No, I wouldn't either, yeah. and I, but I
2: actually have two guys ahead of Tatum, and okay, it's not, I, I mean, Tatum is... looks awesome, don't get me wrong, yeah. like, he's extremely impressive, it's just the situation that he's yeah. in, there's there's simply too much competition, and not just that, it's competition on a team that, is, that wants to make the finals, probably, yeah. like, they're, you know, they they have their eyes on the prize, so they're not going to be willy-nilly developing yeah. a rookie. Um so I, I had to bump him down for that, but
1: for sure. yeah, go yeah.
2: on, talk, talk about Tatum. Are there specific he's things you like about
1: the game? Or? He's just great. I mean, he can score, he's, he's, <laughs> he, can play, he can shoot the three, I think he's going to be good for defensive stats or decent. Uh, he's just good. Uh, so, I mean, if a guy's good, you've got my attention, uh, as bad as the situation is.
2: Yeah. Yep. And he'll obviously face tougher defenses and schemes than I saw during Summer League, yep. but he was also taking crazy shots and right. making them. Throughout summer league, so once you know, once the coaching staff drills him on how to get to his spots and get easier shots, I think it's all gonna it's all gonna pan out. So he looks like a a real keeper for Boston. Yep.
1: So who do you, who do you have ahead of him?
2: Uh, so I would take so John Collins. I'm
1: actually yeah, quite have, sold on. I have him next.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think with, with Millsap gone, anything's possible, and this this guy looks real good. Just super athletic, seven foot wingspan. Shot over 62% from the field as a sophomore, and he bumped up his free throw percentage to almost 75%. So you know he throw in he had a, over a block and a half per game in just 26 minutes last year. So I like you know if he can give you boards, blocks, and some solid percentages, you look at the rest of this rookie class like that's
1: that's good enough for me. Yeah, he's insane. He he was probably the most impressive non lottery guy. Um, I don't. Uh, nah, you could say Swanigan too. But those two guys just really jumped out. And Kuzma as well, um, all of which are front court players. I don't know if there's anything to that. Yeah. I think there is, though. Um, but yeah, those guys look um, great. Um, like you said, I, we still got some competition to worry about for Collins. He's, he's going to have to play well in camp. But like you said, the Hawks are going to be bad. That roster doesn't look good. So, you know, when we're talking February, March, April, you're talking 27, 28 minutes a game for a guy who gets a lot of dunks. We saw that in Summer League. Um, you know, up, like you said, up this free throw percentage. So maybe some, some defensive stats. Should be in a pretty good system with Buttonholzer. So yeah, he's in a great, great spot. Much better spot than Tatum. Yeah. Uh, so who else do you have ahead of Tatum? So you can pronounce his last name for me, but uh, Frank. Nidakina? Really? Yeah. I, I just think, think
2: situa- I mean, again, I'm just going pure situation. I don't think this yeah. guy's ready ready to be a starter in the NBA but you look at the roster as it exists today while we're doing this this podcast, and who is starting ahead of him? They, they don't have anybody.
1: Yeah.
2: So just based on that alone, I don't know, sheer, sheer upside, we'll see. He's only 19 years old, and last year he averaged just about in 40 minutes per game in France. He didn't average that, but per 40 minutes, he averaged just about three assists. So, and he shot only 60% from the free throw line. So they're huge red flags yeah. again. Um, but I just, just given the fact that he looks like the default starting point guard as their roster exists right now,
1: I don't know. Take a flyer on him, I guess. Well, the Knicks haven't said much since the Phil Jackson thing, but while Phil was still in the mix, the, they said they wanted to play him off the bench at 20 minutes a game. And so I'll bring up a name that's on the market right now that I don't know. I can't believe he's still out there. And I think he'd be a really great fit for what Hornacek does. A very anti-Phil point guard. That's Ian Clark. Go get Ian Clark yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's still out there. Uh, I thought the, I thought he'd be a perfect fit for the Lakers with the Luke Walton connection and all that. But I think the Knicks are still going to find a way to put Neil Akita out there uh, as, as a backup man. Um, but yeah, I mean, if... If they don't have anyone, then yeah, I think then sure bump him up. And, I, uh, and again, they're just
2: going to be so bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. That like, why not after the All Star
2: break? Just just let let this guy run around and see what you got in him.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they. I mean, if they don't do it, we've seen Courtney Lee played point guard a couple times, um, you know, three four years ago. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's terrible. a possibility. Tim Hardaway Jr. does a lot of ball handling. Uh, we've seen them play Sasha at the point. Um, they may even start Ron Baker. Like I, I think that they really want to bring him off the bench. He's such a project. And picking him before Dennis Smith Jr. looks so, so bad. Yeah. Okay, so I think we may be in agreement on who's next. Um, Donovan Mitchell?
2: Yep, that was yeah, me. Yeah,
1: that seemed like that was kind of... I have him ahead of Neil Keenan as well. But, um, yeah, he another guy that wowed in Summer League. Had the Summer League high 37 points. Obviously no Hayward. Rodney Hood has a ton of weight on his shoulders or knees, so <laughs> say if he if he can't hold together, then also I, I drafted Rodney Hood pretty early. Jonas and I did this like two man thing just to kind of get a feel. Uh, I, I like Rodney Hood this year. Uh, I think he's in a good spot, worth the risk. Uh, as bad as he was, even Derek Favors too, us is, is worth the risk. Late, super late, uh, a guy who was going like fourth round last year. So yeah, but Donovan Mitchell again, really complete score. He Said that he could play point guard. Obviously, there's nothing really there, but Rubio, not the most durable cat. Um, Exum played well in summer league. I don't think Neto's the answer. So position flexibility, He can't really play the three, but Rodney Hood can, so that'll open up minutes there. Yeah. He should be out there, man. I think um, Ingles is going to get a little bit more minutes. So, yeah, pretty decent spot.
2: How do you feel about Alec Burks? Any, uh,
1: I don't know.
2: Any, any interest in him? I mean, another guy kind of like Hood. He's got all these injuries yeah. that just keep keep mounting, and it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to be drafting him, but
1: that's probably a position battle. Position battle to watch in camp. Um, yeah. I think that Mitchell has a decent chance to beat him out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I keep an eye on that one. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Burks hasn't really. Done, I loved Alec Burks, man. I love guys who get to the rim and, like you said, just can't stay healthy. Foot injuries, leg injuries, not good.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm with you. I, I think Mitchell, you know, is versatile enough that he'll find his minutes. He's probably going to give you some points, threes, and steals. Um, not a lot of assists, as you mentioned. I think he he had under three per game and 32 per minutes as a sophomore. So as long as you don't rely on rely on him for that, basically just look at him as a points and threes specialist. I think you'll be satisfied. Yeah,
1: I agree. So who else? We get? now we're getting kind of totally well. Speaking real- of specialists, yeah. I will. Uh, okay. And,
2: I might throw Malik Monk out there as a oh, okay. points and threes specialist. Yeah. You know, they, they want him to just spread the court and be a gunner as the potential sixth man. So yeah. that's, that's not a bad spot for him. Yeah,
1: um, Cliff, Steve Clifford was asked what you want Monk to do. He said score. That's it. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> yeah, he's always going to be asked to do. I yeah. don't know, man. Um, there's other guys that I like. Maybe I'm just watching too much Summer League. But, man, Kyle Kuzma was good. Uh, as bad as he's in positionally, he's not in a great spot. They could play... And another thing, I'm Mr. Zubots. I kind of feel like Zubats, lost, he may have lost his minutes because of Kuzma. Um, I could see them playing Randall at the 5. I could see them playing Nance at the 5, which they've done before. So, yeah. that could open up minutes at the 4. Um, they don't want to play Ingram at the 4. I mean, they're going to want to play him pretty much straight 3. They're probably going to dump Luol as much as they can. So... I wouldn't be surprised if Kuzma sneaks in there and takes minutes away from those guys I just mentioned, namely yeah. Nance and Zubots, not so much see, Randall. See,
2: I'm, I'm thinking, I, I bet that he, he makes the rotation, but I'm not too worried. I'm not, I wouldn't overreact to Zubot's yeah. having a, a bad summer league, I don't think. You know, the Lakers have had enough time to evaluate him, and he looked good enough for long enough stretches last season that, like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't see him losing too much time there. But, yeah, but we'll you're see. right, Kuzma did look awesome during summer league, no doubt. Yeah. And I think he almost has to crack the rotation. So yeah. Minutes have to come from somewhere. And yeah, maybe they come from Nance, maybe Zubats, maybe Randall even loses a couple. But yep. he wasn't playing huge minutes anyway last season, so right. hopefully yeah, that's not the case.
1: Randall's definitely not a 38-minute kind of a guy. Um, yeah. So I guess we're kind of just taking dart throws here. So we haven't talked about Laurie Markkinen, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Zach Collins—the only top ten guys we haven't talked about yet. Did any any three of those guys do anything for you? Uh, Isaac
2: is interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know, just a guy. I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't have a great feel for for his game and where he might fit in. So I think, yeah, I, he's kind of an enigma to me. I don't, I don't really know where he fits in this season fantasy wise.
1: I think that he projects as a four but so does Aaron Gordon, who's probably their most biggest asset right now, uh, especially with how well he played late last season. But John Hammond, their GM, was asked, do you know where you want to play him? And he's like, no, we don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and then Vogel also talked about that they want to play Fournier at the 3 and Gordon at the 4 and then not play youth movement as much. They said that the old regime was very much, oh yeah, play the, play the guys and let them deal with the pressure of playing and uh, a great piece from Josh Robbins on the, uh, from the Orlando Sentinel had, was talking about how they regretted that move. So it sounds like they're going to put the training wheels on him for a while. So, yeah, I'm not really feeling him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we don't know what's up with Miritich yet. Um, you would think the Bulls bring him back, but if not, that kind of puts market on the board. and probably bump him up um, over these guys, over the uh, – put him in the Mitchell tier. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: If, if Miritich doesn't come back, for sure, yeah. um, might might as well take a flyer on a guy like that.
1: Yeah, I wasn't impressed with him at all in so, summer league, by the way. You what's up? I wasn't impressed with him at all in summer
2: league. No, Marketing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, you know, seems like a major project. So, sure. I you know, I think most people agree the Bulls will be regretting that pick. Yeah, year, year, years from now, but we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, Zach
2: Collins, I'm not
1: not yeah. all that into another Luke Kennard uh, even his coach doesn't seem thrilled with A yeah. um, uh, guy that we didn't talk about that actually I, I like before Markinen and Isaac and all those guys uh, is Jared Allen because of the position. oh yeah yeah because of where he landed um, and that's gonna give him a chance to play big minutes he can block some shots uh, again system's huge so let's see if he can get I like to see him get healthy first and being hurt in the preseason or I guess summer league. I hate that. And I'm, I guess I'm a little bit scarred from the Levert thing. Um, so it's probably yeah. why I don't have him higher. But if he comes in and, and plays a lot of minutes in his preseason, he can make a real nice run, maybe even sneak into the top five.
2: That's um, a great point. And you look at not just that system, but the only true center ahead of him being Timofey Mozgov. Yeah. Like, there's an extremely reasonable chance that he will be starting at some point in yeah. the near future. So.
1: But yeah, like he's got to stay healthy. If you're going to be a net and they want to lean on you, you got to show you could stay on the court for a long period right. of time. So if you, and I, I seriously knocked him down probably like four or five rounds just because he didn't play in the summer league. Not because he didn't play, because he was hurt and he didn't play, you know, like for the reasons I yeah. just said. It's right. like you, the, Nets, the Nets don't want to chance you, you if you're hurt at all. That's the number one thing. But if you're right. healthy, they'll play you. Speaking
2: of intriguing centers, do you have any interest as a potential block specialist? Do you think that Bam and could make? I any love Bam.
1: Yeah, um, we he looks real good. Right, I think he's in the deep league, handcuffed to uh, Whiteside. Um, he's got he's got skills too, more than I thought. I thought he was like a, a check rookie, check theolo, or run down the floor, get the ball within three or four feet, do some damage, block some shots. But he looked great, man. I think he's kind of a sixteen team on the board stash him as a white side handcuff kind of a guy
2: yeah i mean he's only going to get the Willie reed minutes so you're talking 15 yeah. minutes a game but uh, exactly but as when a willy reed
1: started he was he was a monster though he had like what a almost a, like an 18 and 18 game or something i want to say yeah he was amazing i wish yeah.
2: well i owned him in 30 deep so i kept selfishly hoping that white side would sit out
1: games because yeah, cause, yeah anytime, anytime reed had an expanded opportunity he was awesome yeah let's see what his starting averages were again uh, and, yeah, in five starts, 15.8 rebounds per game, 1.6 blocks. Yeah, talk so, about a handcuff for DJ this season. Yeah, there, there you go. Good call, man. D, although DJ's not usually a guy you want to handcuff. That yeah, guy's he, yeah, yeah, he's healthy. But... Yeah. Um, but Whiteside, on the other hand, he's been a little dinged up, though. Uh, so, yeah, just keep, I would keep an eye on him. Okay, so other dart throws, I guess. Like we said, Justin Jackson, if he could keep it rolling... Uh, Although, being an experienced player in a a school like North Carolina, you're going to get a lot of seasoning. So, um, players like that that have so much experience being a junior in North Carolina, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, But, you know, keep an eye on them.
2: TJ Leaf, maybe, with the Pacers. Yeah. Could could make a little bit of noise.
1: I wasn't really impressed with what I saw. But, um, yeah, just like you said, it's pure position. Um, The Pacers are going to be really bad. They're really thin up front. Um, I don't think he can really play. I don't know if you know what position he can play. He's like too thin to be a four. Yeah, it's, it's, not... it's kind of curious. But... Yeah, so we'll I think they want him to be the long-term four, but it's going to yeah. take
2: a while for him to get there.
1: Yeah. Um, what other guys? Uh, let's uh, see.
2: Jordan, Jordan Bell, we should throw out there.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we could Yeah, do him now. He looked great. Uh, probably the best second-round pick that I saw. Uh, great on the glass. Very Draymond Green-esque. He had the five-by-five. Um, yeah That was awesome um, Just total energy I think he's going to beat out I don't know if Looney makes the team Kevon Looney
2: Yeah um, maybe not So yeah It's, I, it's funny because it seems like Such an easy comparison Like oh Draymond's on the Warriors Yeah, <laughs> Bell's
1: on the Warriors But you're right
2: Like you watch him play And you're like oh no This is this is a mini Draymond out yeah. there And yeah Just a very interesting skill set The defense is, is I think the key And that's the reason He might crack the rotation I don't know if he's going to do it this year But
1: Yeah uh, who else? Let's see. Oh, Swanigan. I think Swanigan's on the board. Dude, oh, yeah. He may yeah. be ahead of Collins, man, right now. Um, we know that Nurkic is not the most consistent cat with playing time. He gets hurt quite a bit um, with the injury last year and then the litany of knee injuries before that. But, dude, this guy can rebound, man. Uh, like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone at Summer League rebound as well as he does. It's just the tech. Like, He just wants every rebound. Love it. Um, can block some shots, decent shot, decent shooter. BR right from the free throw line. Great, great player, man. So um, I, think, I think the Blazers kind of stole him.
2: Yeah, he definitely stood out. And I, I know you sent out a couple of those video links on Twitter <laughs> of him just snagging rebounds from over top of like three, four guys. It was, yeah, he was just a maniac. Yeah. Um, but, and he can play, what, four? Can he play the four and yeah, five? You, I think so. Say? I yeah, think, projects I think he's, he's versatile enough.
1: But yeah, he's a big enough body to defend fives. He's not too, he's not going to be much you know, vertical to his game, he's not that not that much doesn't have much athleticism, but um, yeah, very much. He gets the zebo comparisons. He wears number fifty. Uh, so yeah. there you go. So it'll it'll probably take an injury or two to spring him loose, but he, yeah. he should at least
2: be in the back of your mind.
1: I saw a lot of love for Luke Kinnard. Uh I kind of don't get it. I guess the KCP bouncing does make sense, especially if Stanley Johnson can't get it going. Um, yeah. So we'll see where where he fits in. Does Canard doing this? Is he... I might be I might be selling him short, but yeah. honestly, when your when your coach on the day that you're drafted just
2: rips into your defense and says that you have to change your entire mentality on that end of the court, yeah. and I mean Van Gundy wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's not you know he doesn't say things lightly, so I, I just feel like it's a, it's going to be a steep uphill climb for Canard to have you know fantasy relevant minutes.
1: Yeah, but Avery Bradley did have the Achilles thing last year, so. We'll see. See what that means. Um, what else? Let's see. We'll just roll rattle through some names that we didn't talk about yet. Um, I thought Tyler Line was terrible. Um, I didn't. I didn't like what I saw to him. Throw that out there. Yeah.
2: Else? I mean, we're we're below the line at this point. So yeah. if you're oh, we you not at, at the guys that we haven't mentioned.
1: Yeah. Um. Owandu. Uh, I've been kind of high on him since the draft. Um, not someone that you're gonna target in a draft, but. Guys start going down, uh, and he did get hurt in free agency too, with Aaron Aflalo mm-hmm. and with Simmons there, so he actually fell off. But I thought he looked good, so it just stinks. He's going to miss out. Uh, Jonah Bolden not ready yet. Uh, Semi Ojolie I thought played well for Boston, but again, if we're talking about Jason Tatum barely getting value, then what are we going to do about Ojolie? Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Devon Reed I thought played well. We may see a couple blips in the radar. We saw some guys that came out that were not good for Phoenix. Uh, what Derek Jones Jr. amongst others um, who got minutes, but he played well. Josh Hart was good before he went down. Uh, I thought Derek White played well. Uh, he played better than my boy Dejounte, um, but I don't think they're gonna really let him go. Well, do you, are you worried about this? I, I like Dejounte. Would, would you draft him at all or no? Would I draft Dejounte? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, I, I mean the position looks perfect. Um, but I don't know. What? Do, where do you? Peg his minutes this season. It's kind of tough to,
1: well, yeah. tough to say. Obviously, Parkers are going to dip down. Mm-hmm. You're going to have yeah, Mills you, at like probably like 25. So yeah, you you're going to get some combo, combo minutes. They got to replace Simmons, so yeah, you're probably looking at like 24, 25.
2: Yeah, I probably. I mean, he he looks like a flyer to me.
1: Yeah,
2: and it would probably be frustrating because there might be nights that he's going to be great when Parker's rested, and then nights yeah. where he vanishes and. So mm-hmm. they're are probably flyer picks I would take before do you think him. But would,
1: he's... I don't know if he would hit. I don't know if he strikes me as a guy who can hit the ground running, because he's he's going to have to make his money early in the season when Parker's out. So yeah. if he can't do that, then I don't know. Like we we like to have these flyers have upside late in the season. So unless they and they're going to shut Parker down a lot late. So. Well, see, he's a great guy for me. Like, in the 11th, 12th round, take him
2: if he starts out of the gates. As you said, if he's not doing anything for you in the first month of the season, done. You just cut him to pick up another hot free agent, and and you're fine. Yep.
1: Uh, What else? I think that's kind of it as far as guys I got my eye on. Um, I thought Dylan Brooks played okay. Uh, Not that you're going to draft him. Um, Who else? Uh, That's kind of it. Oh, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, oh, Cindarius Thornwall, he had a couple really big games. I think he got to the line 15 times. But the um, the, mm. the Clippers have some depth, man. Um, with what they got in the CP3 trade with Beverly and Lou and the Gallo. Now, so they won't be able to go small small ball three as much. Austin Rivers still there, so they, they've got they've got some pieces. So yeah, and a lot. Of, I'm
2: looking over a lot of these names, and plenty of these guys are going to stay overseas next year. A lot of these second
1: round picks. Yeah. And- what about um, the Knicks, Damian Dotson? I thought he played pretty well. He got a deal. Uh, he may get getting the rotation, um, so we'll see. Maybe if, he may even start over Neil Akina for for what they're looking for. Who knows? You think so? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. But I'm just saying they really don't want to start him. I don't think so. Yeah, he's, I
2: mean, I, I, and I hadn't heard that quote about him them wanting to play him 20 minutes off the bench, which makes perfect sense yeah. given that he's 19 and. You know, hasn't even dipped his feet in the NBA waters. Um, right.
1: But that's, that's the So, fault. yeah,
2: I, I might bump him down. You know, I hadn't really looked too deep into what Hornacek had said about him and so forth.
1: Yeah, and that was also from what I heard in the Ian begley Zach Lowe podcast. That was, like, very much a Phil pick, which, what the hell? How do you, like, if a guy's <laughs> on thin ice, how do you let him have the last say? on such such an important pick for the future of your franchise.
2: So many unanswerable questions yeah. about the Knicks front office. We oh, will so never yeah.
1: know. Yeah. At least now they got it figured out. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add here? Oh, we didn't talk Kyrie. Okay. I had, uh, I was t- um, when I go to the dog park, I talk basketball with this one guy. He's a big Suns fan. He's like, oh, I don't know if I would give up. I don't know if I would do Kyrie for anything that you know, I'm really going to miss. Like, ah, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't want to totally destroy your franchise plan, but if you're keeping Booker and maybe you're keeping Jackson and you're parting with some other guys, come on, man, do it. Um, yeah. You got to get a star on your team. Um, so I think if you can give up Bledsoe and, like I said, keep those guys and maybe keep Chris, or Chris or Bender, one of the two you yeah. like one the least. I was just going to say
2: would you give up Bledsoe chris in like a future second or something like yeah. that for for Kyrie? Yeah, no you have to do that, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, no question. So if they can do that then I think the Suns got the, they definitely have the ammo, man. I mean, you've got a lot of young depth on a lot of young talent on that team. Yeah, who right. else has been mentioned? The the uh apparently the Celtics the reached
2: out to Cleveland, but that's not oh, yeah. going to happen.
1: Yeah, and then another report today was that the the Knicks want to make the trade with the Cavs, but Carmelo's no-trade clause is a pretty big barrier to get it done, apparently.
2: Right. And he wants to go to the Wolves, Spurs, Heat. uh, It's tough to see a deal to any of those places going down, but... I
1: don't know what the... I mean, unless they give up Wiggins, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's funny.
2: It's interesting, though. Like, he wants to be a featured player out of LeBron's shadow, but, like, if he goes to the spurs sure he'll be the the number one option offensively but in that system like you you know he's he's coming off a year where he averaged almost 26 points something like that like i don't i don't even know that he could duplicate that in san antonio yeah i don't
1: i don't really get it (laughs) yeah very um, very confusing feels like there's more to it right it does. And I wonder, do you think that the Lebr- a lot of people think that LeBron kind of leaked that to Windhorse, that story? Do you think that? Anything I that don't know. Yeah, I
2: don't know. There's, it's all that speculation stuff. And yeah. Well, it's when- Steve, Stephen A. Smith's word versus LeBron's, and I'm like, right. I, don't, I don't know. It's whatever. Well, it's, all just, it's all just noise until someone gets traded.
1: LeBron and Windhorse is like Mr. LeBron. I and mean, he's yeah. been following yep. him like since high school. Yeah. So there, I think there's something to that, though.
2: Oh, possibly, very possibly, but yeah, I just yeah. don't know, you know, where, Anything you else know, to be- how their egos play into this, I have no idea, and I mean, it blindsided everyone, I think, like, why would Kyrie with three straight trips to the finals and a championship ring, like, why, why now, I, yeah. I don't get it, but.
1: Anything else, let's, um, oh, the Rondo thing happened since we did our last pod, um, any, they're apparently gonna start Rondo and play next to Jew Holiday, mm-hmm. which I kinda get, um, so does this hurt Drew We're I'm not drafting Rondo, and I'm sure neither are you. No. But what about Drew? Drew is probably like fourth, fifth round. Does he get hurt? I mean, Rondo does handle the ball a lot.
0: No, I'm
2: fine with Drew. I, I You know, I think his assists are going to take a hit, but mm. he should get some easier looks. Three-pointers should probably go up. Uh, it's not like, I mean, you look at the roster, other than the usage monsters of Davis and Cousins, I feel like. In terms of the backcourt, it's going to be all Rondo and Drew, so... Yeah. Yeah, I am i don't know. I'm okay with Drew in that, you know, as you said, fourth, fifth round, especially since he's a bit removed from the injuries and yeah. uh, seems a bit safer in that regard.
1: I don't know, man. I like, I'd, I'd rather... I honestly may rather have Jamal Murray, if that sounds crazy, but I just... Like you said, the usage is gone. The assists are gone. Uh, he's not that great in steals. Again, uh, the upside. I'd, I'd rather shoot for higher upside. Oh, I'm with you there.
2: Yeah, there's there are higher upside guys, but I'm you know I'd be comfortable taking but Holiday bet- in the fifty sixty range.
1: And I'm okay betting against Rondo too. So I, I guess it's I'm sorry. I don't right. see myself drafting him Cause you bet. I mean, if you bet if you pick him in the fourth round, you're betting against Rondo, which is fine. It's totally fine.
2: Yeah, and they're gonna have to stagger and keep. Keep Holiday, get some minutes with, this, with the second unit, yeah. I think. Oh, absolutely. To inject inject some offense there. I mean, they're going to have to stagger him and probably one of their big men. So, yep. yeah, I feel like there will be times when he's on ball and, and has a higher usage. But
1: Do you think they stagger Drew with Davis and then DeMarcus with Rondo? That seems like that would make better sense.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, that does seem like a more natural pairing. Rondo yeah. with the low usage and mm-hmm. Cousins just being a monster who can... Yeah.
1: And they Constantly well, create his own shots. They played well together in Sacramento, believe it or not, with uh, all that pace. We'll see what the Pelicans do pace-wise. Maybe they can up that. Uh, what else went down? I think that's kind of it. Since Well, D. Rose. Uh, oh, yeah, Derek Rose. <laughs> so much for that max contract. <laughs> what, what if, We don't we can't even talk about that with the whole play. Yeah,
2: no. Let's just, whatever. We yeah. Wait until something more goes down with yeah. Kyrie and then we'll
1: talk about it. Yeah. No max contract for Derek (laughs) Rose. All right, so we're out of here on that. We've got plenty of stuff going on. We're starting to write the draft guide. Um, I've got something cooking for later in the week. You got anything going on for column-wise?
2: Doing a whole bunch of draft guide, as you mentioned. And as I do it, a couple of new ideas have popped up. So I think next Wednesday I should be posting uh,
1: a new column. Actually, a cool... Calm idea. I want to steal from Roto Pat from football. He does best worst case scenarios for players. So he talks about like what could happen for a player best case, what could happen worst case. Mm. So it's not really statistically based. It's more just like opinion and yeah, kind of cool. That's awesome. yeah, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to steal that. It, right. Is that coming out later this week? Or I don't I got know. Maybe doing the draft guide or something. I'm, I'm going to do a more, yeah. bit, of, bit more rookie talk for my next one, and we'll figure it out. We got um, a lot of stuff, and yeah, draft guides cooking. We'll still be doing pods. Once, twice a week, whatever works. Um, So, yeah, should be pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So we're out of here on that. You guys, enjoy your week. Hopefully we'll get some more news to break down. I'm sure we will. And thanks for coming on, Ryan.
2: Talk to you soon, mate.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters.